Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. I'm very glad you could join me. This week on the podcast, I was joined by Chris Mobieni, who is the AVP of Marketing at BounceX. Now, BounceX is a SaaS company. They've got a few products and a few features. Uh, they help you identify website visitors in real time, send triggered emails, uh, website personalization, all that good stuff. So as a SaaS company, uh, me and Chris, or Chris and I, had plenty to talk about. Uh, we first spoke about BounceX itself and some of the features that um, I think a lot of SaaS companies can benefit from. And then we moved into personalization in general, uh, personalization and content. And then after that, we moved on to um, BounceX's content strategy and how they're using uh, blogs, webinars, guides, case studies on their website, uh, and, and yeah, how they approach that entire sort of uh, strategy. So as usual, this was brought to you by Wordify, the content marketing agency for SaaS and software vendors. I really enjoyed this episode and I'm gonna let you enjoy it too. I will see you or you'll hear from me next week. Chris, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Excited to no be problem. on. No problem at all. Calling in from New York, uh, which you just told me, um, what's the coffee scene like there? What's your favorite coffee shop in, in New York? Oh man, um, coffee scene is pretty great. It's not quite like, uh, we don't take it quite as seriously as some other cities like, uh, mm-hmm. like I know Burlington, Vermont and out West in Colorado, they're, they're particularly intense about their coffee, but, uh, but yeah, we don't, we don't fool around either around here. Um, I, I love just, uh, I, I live in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and, um, I try and support you know, local coffee shops as often as I can. And there's a few local ones I like around there. Um, there's one called the swallow that used to be you know, like, kind of like the bird that used to be my, my go-to for a while. And, okay. um, recently I moved and right next to my new apartment, um, there's actually a pretty cool concept. It's like a, it's a mix between a dive bar and a coffee shop. And so in the mornings okay. and during the day, like they'll, you know, they'll have a lot of, um, people working from home and from their laptops, um, and then at night I'll kind of transition over, but it's, uh, it's kind of a fun blend. It makes for a pretty, pretty good atmosphere. Cool. 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 What do you offer? Uh, sorry, what do you order when you go into a coffee shop usually? So for the past year or so, I'd say my, my drink of choice has been a, a Cortado. Are you, are you familiar with this? I am. They're getting quite popular these days. I hear about them pretty much every week now. It seems like it. I, I feel like, I hope I, it's, you know, I'm not just hopping on kind of whatever the <laughs> next big fat is, but, but yeah, I've, um, you know, I, I saw them on some menus and got a little bit curious and I, I used to be more of a, a, of a latte person, but mm-hmm. it was a little too much milk and, and foam for my taste. And I always thought, you know, the Cortado is kind of the best of both worlds. So a little, Very cool. a little less milk, a little more coffee, which is mm-hmm. more of my speed. Yeah, it sounds good to me as well. Okay, let's jump into today's episode then. Um, for listeners who aren't familiar with BounceX, why don't you give us a, a little breakdown of what BounceX is and does? Yeah, for sure. So BounceX is a, a performance marketing technology that uh, is built on allowing our clients, uh, primarily uh, retailers and publishers, um, but we've been uh, breaking more into uh, the travels, travel and hospitality space as well. Uh, allowing those clients to better recognize uh, their their customers when they're on their website, um, to better understand who's opted in and opted out, and for those who are opted in to uh, ensure that um, they have a more personalized experience to boost the performance of um, marketing channels that rely on identity, like uh, like triggered email and, and triggered marketing, um, as well as just you know, on-site 
personalization that's based on on behavior and intent. So we we allow these marketers to scale uh, their one-to-one -one marketing channels by allowing them to better recognize the consumers who are opted in. Excellent. So I think most of our listeners will, will know about personalization in a broad sense, and they'll know about the the benefits of having a personalized customer experience and a website experience. You know, going onto a website and seeing your name in the top right corner, and you know, maybe even in the e-commerce context, knowing what you've purchased previously, what you, what you may want to purchase next, that kind of thing. But how can personalization benefit marketers specifically? Uh, and I think you touched on something there, um, email, email trigger campaigns. Maybe we can start from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when, when we think of personalization, it's, la and it's such a broad term that can be used to refer to so many things. Some people will think of it in terms of like, yeah, let's make sure, you know, if we know their name, we can use their name. Um, you know, in certain contexts or, you know, items that they've bought in the past. What, when we're thinking about it is um, ensuring that whatever their experience is, whether it's on the website or through different mar marketing channels, is, um, is uh, appropriate and relevant to their, their level of intent. So, you know, they're, especially through an e-commerce buying journey, and I think, you know, more, even more so in the case around the B2B marketing journey, um, you know, there's several stages that you'll go through throughout the funnel where in some cases, you know, you may just be getting more familiar with the brand first, you know, you're, you may be at the point where, you know, you're interested in a certain category of product and you're comparing you know, a, a couple different options. You might be price sensitive. You might not be, um, at some point, you know, you may be pretty close to, to pulling the trigger, um, and are very high intent. And what we want to make sure is that the, the website and, and the marketing experiences is catered and relevant to that to provide just a little bit more utility to the customer. So um, it's less so around things, you know, like, um, you know, maybe using their name or weather targeting. I think some of that stuff is, um, you know, where, where people's minds initially go to. But what we, yeah. what we um, have seen you know, have the impact on, on, you know, performance and increasing conversions and increasing revenue through these campaigns has been making sure that the experience is, is, um, more relevant to where they are in that uh, specific shopping journey, making sure that it's consistent across these different channels and consistent across uh, the different sessions it takes them to convert. Right. So in a B2B context, let's say, let, let, let's uh, give an example here. So let's say, you know, you've got in, in our listeners, um, minds they're thinking about their their SaaS or their software website right now right so let's say somebody hops along to their pricing page you know visit the website visit a couple of pages read about the product they've hit they've hit a pricing page they've spent a couple of minutes there and they've left so how does now a technology like bounce x come into play here uh, to personalize the you know the next stage now that, now that, that person has, has left the website um we mentioned earlier the email trigger campaigns so how can that help in that kind of situation yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, B, B2C marketers and especially those in e-commerce, I, I think there's a lot that they can learn from B2B marketers. I think um, B2B marketers are a lot more familiar with thinking about uh, their, their shoppers and their customers in the context of where they are in the funnel. And I, I think have a lot more in, in, in place in terms of marketing automation, having an easier time with it than their, their uh, e-commerce counterparts. And what I mean by that is, you know, understanding where someone maybe comes in through in the in a B two B example, um, someone's coming in through a SEO campaign that may be relevant to um, uh, the topic that 
that um, that software that solution plays in. Um, and then, you know, the goal there is acquiring that customer, getting an email opt-in, maybe getting them to sign up for a webinar, uh, and then working them through and nurturing them from there. So if they're interested in that topic, maybe they see you're trying to teach them about the problem that their solution solves. And then it's about convincing them that their solution is the best solution to that problem versus, you know, another vendor or another software and so on and so forth and get starting to hone them into um, ultimately requesting a demo and then moving forward. Right. Um, So, you know, in, in, in context for you, uh, in the example that you mentioned, uh, if someone's coming in and, and seeing the pricing page, you know, this is somewhat, this is usually, um, a, an example of someone who um, is, you know, mid to somewhere deeper in the funnel, right? They um, mm-hmm. presumably have looked at some of the features, understand what your software does, and you know, now they're trying to see, all right, is this going to be within my price point or not? How does this compare to some other vendors? And so, you know, at that point, depending on where your solution is, um, you know, some people would be thinking about, all right, well, how how can I make sure to serve them content that can help them with that evaluation, understand how we differ and, you know, how that cost may be, that price may be justified or um, if it's on the higher end or lower end. With, with, with the e-commerce side, the shopping journey is a little less linear, which I think usually is where some of those challenges arise. You know, you are coming in and evaluating in some cases, you know, hundreds of different SKUs. And um, what you're trying to understand is, is this someone who um, is, you know, you know, maybe more of a, a, a seasonal shopper. Is this someone who came in is familiar with the brand and potentially just looking for a different type of product or someone who is just having their first you know, exposure to this brand? And it, it's you don't have the luxury of something, using something like you know, a, a guide or some kind of white paper to get someone to opt in. And so where we're trying to help and where we fit in is trying to understand, all right, what is the best value exchange if, you know, in the case for e-commerce that is in content, a lot of e-commerce marketers like to use something like a discount. Um, it, without having necessarily rely on something like a discount, how can we get this person to opt in and then start to understand how, you know, their familiarity with the brand, how interested they are. And so that if, say, you know, you, you mentioned um, around email campaigns, so that you're not sending them the same generic email that maybe is like, hey, check out our new arrivals or you know, our, 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 the line for our fall season or um, mm-hmm. something that's a one-to-many email. We understand, okay, this is someone who's interested in a specific category, but not specific products. Versus this is someone who's interested in comparing a couple of different products um, versus this is someone who's added something to cart and then abandoned. And so mm-hmm. you can send these triggered emails based on behavior that are more relevant, that are one-to-one to to the individual customer based on the products that they looked at. And so that you can do it at scale because you can associate more of those visitors back to an individual consumer on their website. It's a little bit harder on the e-commerce front because of of those things versus um, when you have maybe more of a linear funnel as you do on on the B2B uh, software side. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about um, personalization in the context of of content specifically. So... Mm -hmm. Again, let's say, you know, BounceX has identified uh, me on the BounceX website or on another website. Is there a way to personalize the content that they're reading in, sen- in the sense of, you know, I-, I head to the blog and I open up a blog, a blog uh, post and that content there, is there a way to customize that? Is there a way to add additional things in there uh, to personalize that particular experience? Yeah, with the, with the BounceX uh, content strategy, we haven't done too much around personalizing down to, you know, a, in, in real time with um, an individual person reading, say, a blog post or something like that. But we have a, um, 
we, we have a pretty robust uh, ABM strategy and account-based marketing strategy where um, we try and ensure that all of the outreach that we have, um, you know, whether it's cold outreach when someone's currently, you know, in funnel speaking to bounce backs when they're a client, everything is as catered and customized to them as possible. Um, and for what that means for us is just making sure that for every piece of content that we have, we just have different iterations of it that may be relevant based on, you know, maybe industry or vertical, um, based on um, maybe specific challenges that we might be helping out with. You know, if we can support or, you know, solve, you know, five different potential problems, understanding, all right, well, what's the problem that this, uh, this prospect is likely dealing with? And we make sure that we have content that can address that. So with like our, our case studies, for example, um, you know, a while back, because we can do so many different things, we tried to encompass that and encompass everything that we were doing um, for an individual client that we we're writing a case study about. And it's challenging and you kind of lose focus of the story. And so what, um, you know, what our strategy has been recently is making sure that, all right, if this is about how we were able to support lead gen for, for one of our clients, helping them capture more leads, let's make sure that we tell that story in a, you know, the context of a luxury retailer versus fast fashion retailer versus an omni-channel retailer versus, you know, some a high growth B2C company that sells like one specific mattress, right? Um, right. The, the, it, in reality, the, the way that we're approaching that challenge may not be super different, even though, um, you know, the, the work that we do will be highly customized, but it's more so someone wants to see that in a context that's, that they can relate with, right? And that they feel is relevant to them. And so we just make sure that from the personalization perspective, we just have all those boxes checked. We make sure that, you know, we can scale the different types of content that we have based on a vertical or based on the business challenge or where someone is um, in our funnel. Right. So we've kind of segued nicely into uh, what Bounce X is doing in terms of content strategy, right? So I see you guys have got, you know, the blog there, you've got webinars, guides, case studies, all on the website. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of content out of those, or maybe there's other content behind the scenes, has been working best for you in 2019? Or has it been like, you know, have you got like a, a funnel where all of it comes together and, you know, the funnel wouldn't work without one of those pieces of, of the puzzle, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, every, everything certainly works together. For, for us, um, it, you know, we, content plays a pretty unique role at our company um, in that, you know, we, we have a very focused target market. Um, there's, you know, we'll, we'll have a pretty defined, defined criteria of who the retailers that we can and potentially can't work with might be based on, you know, our product and our business model and specifically our price point. We're more, we're, we're focused very up market. Um, we have mostly enterprise customers. Um, and so the result is we have, you know, we're, um, you know, lower, lower client volume, but higher average contract value. And, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's it's less of having content designed to drive a high volume of leads because it's, you know, when we did that in the past, typically we would see a lot of those leads, you know, would end up being unqualified based on our criteria. A lot of them would be, you know, down market when you're talking about using content like, you know, what, you know, what are the 10, you know, uh, 
that's triggered email strategies you can use or something yeah. like that. Like typically it's, it's attracting a different type of audience than someone who may be able to work with us. And because we're asking people to think a little bit differently around how they're evaluating personalization, what we're saying is, you know, it's less about a feature set and more about scale and performance. Um, it's, it's kind of changing the buying criteria and changing the mindset. And so for us, it's always been very thought leadership focused. We're trying to, um, ensure that you know, uh, people who may be looking for marketing automation or triggered email are evaluating it based on things like identification and the scale that and scale informants it can drive rather than, you know, does it have X, Y, and Z feature set? And so yeah. for us, a lot of it has been, um, it, it is obviously a very effective demand gen tool, but it plays a huge role as well in you know, different marketing channels that we might have that aren't necessarily you know, digital, like um, our, you know, our SDR team that reaches out. Um, we we want to make sure that they're armed with uh, as much ammo that you know, they can have to make sure that you know, response rates are um, as high as they can be because that outreach isn't a generic, hey, like, you know, saw on LinkedIn that you're a VP of marketing, you must care about, you know, X, Y, and Z and try and make sure that it's like, hey, I, you know, I, I saw that um, you know you spoke at this conference and you talked about trying to scale like own marketing channels, right? And this mm -hmm. is one way that we're able to address that. Here's some content that um, shows how we did it for someone who's relevant to you. So it's um, it, it 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 plays more of a thought leadership aspect. So those are a lot of things that have worked well, and specifically um, things like you know anything around like research or proprietary data um, that we're able to do to help you know, fuel that we've seen be, be remarkably effective, especially in the past year. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you touched on a couple of things that interested me, the account based marketing aspect of it and, you know, the, the high ticket aspect of it and going for those sort of, you know, high value clients. Right. And I'm looking at your blog now, the bounce X blog, and there's a blog post here that sort of epitomizes what I'm trying to say, which is how auto brands can stand out in the age of Amazon. Now, obviously there aren't that many, auto brands in the world and that many car manufacturers, relatively speaking, compared to like, you know, e-commerce companies, there's not that many of them. So you guys are talking to a very, very, very specific niche here. Again, high, high value niche, but a very specific niche. You've included it in the title of the blog post and you're really going deep. And you know, this is pretty much, you know, account-based marketing uh, or one step, one step above it, if you will. So, you know, when it comes to this sort of, you know, advice really to listeners, when it comes to understanding what kind of content you should be producing, you need to know like Dance X has you know, figured out for themselves, who are you trying to attract? And is that sort of broad top 10 tips and uh, that kind of content, is that, is that the kind of content that's going to attract um, more traffic to your website? Probably. If that's the, the, the statistic you're looking to, to get under your, under your belt, then you, you, you'll have success. But maybe you know, the, the kind of content is actually only going to get about 79 viewers total in a year. Is the is the is where the money is because if you write it like like this blog post has been written, how auto brands can stand out uh, in the age in the age of Amazon, we're going to get a very small amount of people reading that. It's not even relevant to me. I, I wouldn't read this blog post because I'm not. I don't work for a car manufacturer. But right. for the car manufacturers out there, this is like, oh wow, he's talking to me, you know. And and, and suddenly you've got a very high value person reading it, uh, even though you're not getting the quote unquote statistics that would otherwise indicate it was it, it was a blog post, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that con you, you, you exactly mentioned it, which is working cross-functionally with different teams to understand, because you need to map out and understand like, you know, what is unique about 
your, your marketing strategy and your marketing funnel and the specifically different touch points that you have. And then do across the different touch points, even if it's, you know, potential sales reps, for example, like what do they have everything that, that they need and, and, um, you know, to handle any objections that might come up or, you know, to, to appeal to something that might be very specific to high value segments. So like we started seeing that, uh, we, we, you know, we performed very well when we worked with, um, you know, e-commerce companies in, in the auto space. And, um, we, we noticed that for whatever reason, we would get a lot of traction for that specific vertical within our TAM. So we wanted to make sure, all right, if something is working well, we want to be able to capitalize on it and double down on it. That's, that's typically been our strategy. It's let's find the things that already work well and then see, is there a way to explode on that and, and um, uh, put more resource, resources into that thing that's doing well. And if we see that, you know, within a specific vertical things, um, with, for whatever reason, you know, we, conversations are a little bit easier, sales cycles are shorter, conversion rates are higher. Um, let's make sure that we can uh, augment the the resources that we have. And I think what you called out is one very specific example. And I think like with, um, you know, events, for example, have been really effective for us. We uh, drive a, a ton of leads from, um, you know, it, it, it just potentially, um, you know, events where you might be thinking like trade shows and conferences, but um, even like smaller intimate events that we might host, like, uh, like dinners and workshops and things like that. Um, and they're effective from the lead gen side, but also then from nurturing existing leads, because we will have a very long sales cycle. We'll have something like a, a six month sales cycle. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of touch points that we'll have. And, um, you know, you, you may have noticed on the blog as well, like we've had a few, um, you know, uh, client authored posts as well on blog posts. And some of them have kind of come up out of, um, situations where we've done like a fireside chat or some kind of joint presentation with one of our clients at events. And so we can take these different touch points that might be unique for us and then use that to, um, you know, maybe influence the programming with existing content that we have and upcycling content there. And then taking content that we may have, you know, produced out of just speaking with a client at an event and then being able to repackage that into a different medium, like a case study or like a blog post that we can use to reach a, a broader audience. So, so yeah, I think it's about understanding what's unique about your sales process. What are all these different touch points and then the different teams that are a lot play a role in that and how can all of it support each other and, um, uh, you know, play a very interconnected role. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Um, cool. So let's talk about how your marketing, um, or content marketing strategy is going to change in 2020, if at all. You see it changing at all, or are you guys seeing success right now with, like I mentioned, the, the blog posts, webinars, case studies, and and the guide that you've already got out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I mentioned, it's the, the things that are working well, we're going to continue doing and figuring out how to expand. But um, there's, I think, also seeing, you know, what are some additional mediums that that we can explore with. So, um, video is something that, um, you know, we, we haven't done a ton with in the past and that we're looking to change. I think video is going to play, um, a much bigger role in, in our strategy in 2020. We have a lot planned actually right now and a lot of things that we're going to launch. Um, and you know, the, I think piggybacking off the back of like, um, you know, producing content in, in, uh, in, in partnership with our clients. And, you know, I think we're doing a lot of interesting stuff where, you know, it, um, taking, you know, it's, you think clients in a video, typically the first thing that goes to your mind is around like a, a client case study, um, which is it's certainly stuff that, you know, we, we definitely want to do more of these video testimonials, but, 
um, you know, also then using that to produce um, uh, stories around our clients' brands and kind of helping them, helping showcase their brand and, and their stories so that, you know, a lot of the brands that we work with, they, they um, beyond just you know, selling products, they, they typically have a much broader mission and a bigger mission and objective around why their business exists. And, you know, I, I, one project that we're working on is taking, um, taking that mission, taking those stories and helping them tell that story and share that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you'll look at, all right, well, you know, someone who's watched this video, may they necessarily know what BounceX does or what, you know, what we're doing with that client? Maybe, maybe not, but they'll understand and see, wow, these guys work with brands that are doing, you know, really cool and exciting things. Like that's, that's the kind of company that I would want to work with. I think, um, B2B marketers and, and certainly, you know, um, our, our pitch specifically is certainly very, um, like it, it, it appeals to logic and reason a lot. I think it's easy to do that with a B2B product. You know, there's a problem that's being solved and it does, has certain business KPIs that it impacts and it does that a certain ROI. And I think that's a big part of people making decisions, but sometimes we forget about the emotional aspect and that typically comes with buying a product that is maybe more so the case on the B2C side, but certainly plays a role on the B2B side. So, um, I think, uh, video is going to be a big piece, um, in, in helping that, um, and, and, you know, being able to tell that story a little bit up funnel and, um, uh, you know, trying to help, uh, from like a awareness perspective. Um, and then, you know, beyond just, you know, uh, it, video in, in the form of like a client testimonial, also like things around um, having more motion and animation and motion graphics to help um, support the story as someone gets a little bit deeper in the funnel. And now we're starting to talk about the product because we're starting, you know, we, um, uh, from the thought, you know, I mentioned that so much of our content is around thought leadership and getting people to think about different concepts or approach um, these purchases on, you know, evaluating maybe different criteria that they're used to. Uh, we run into a situation where we're often trying to explain some, some maybe new foreign, sometimes somewhat complex concepts that um, are a little challenging to do effectively verbally, but are very easy once you have a uh, visual component to help support it. And so having more of, um, you know, uh, being able to leverage motion graphics and, and, and animation so it's less of just static visual support um, is uh, something that when we've experimented with the past has been really effective. Um, and I think we're going to try and scale out to um, play a much broader role than, than it has uh, previously. Very, very cool. More visuals, more video. Sounds about right to me. Um, Chris, are you ready for our quick fire round? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. First question is what's your favorite social network right now? Why? <laughs> um, I always joke about how I'm still maybe one of five people who still uses Foursquare. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm a, a, I, I actually think it's such a better way to uh, it, it's it's such a better alternative to discovery than you know Yelp or some other tools for a few reasons. I mean, I still the the other five people who use it use it pretty religiously, and I think I'm you know four of them I'm uh, still I'm connected to and, and friends with. So um, you know I, I travel a ton and being able to go to a new city and you know pull something up and have the social proof of 
uh, not only does this have, you know, uh, uh, eight out of 10 rating, but these two people who, you know, whose taste I, I trust a lot, um, have also been here and must be a good place, you know, and that, that can be a good tiebreaker. And it, the fact that I can check in places and see, you know, when I return, like, oh yeah, these were, you know, the five different places that I went to, it's, you know, I always like trying to provide recommendations to friends who are traveling and, um, have reminders when I go back to that city. So, um, I still, I still <laughs> happen to use it a ton. Um, and I'd say this is kind kind of a, you know, a, uh, a, a bit of a boring answer, but um, Instagram, I think, has you know uh, been something that I've become a little bit more active on. Not necessarily you know posting as much. It's weird. It's the more I, the more time I spent on Instagram, the less I've actually produced content. But uh, I, I am. Um, I'm, I actually really love Instagram ads. Like I, <laughs> I think anytime I'm, uh, Same here. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, anytime I'm like going shopping, I, um, I kind of, I'm like, Oh, let me start on Instagram and just see if there's some new brand that, you know, I've never heard of that's trying to get me to buy something. Cause often it's something that I actually might be interested in. And I think that, you know, goes back to, uh, you know, some of the, like we were talking about earlier, some of the benefits of, of personalization, like those, you know, if, if at the end of the day, it provides some kind of utility or makes it easier for people to find what they want, um, it's a good experience, an experience that people like. And I think Instagram's like a really good example of that. Um, so kind of for, for a weird reason, but, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm still, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm on, I'm not on TikTok or anything particularly forward. <laughs> but I've, I've been, I've been bouncing the idea around. I kind of want to see what it's all about. That's interesting. I mean, I was not expecting you to say to say Foursquare. Um, I, I, I need to. I've never used it, so I do need to get into that and, and just sort of tinker with it and see what it's like. Um, but yeah, I mean, you may you may enjoy um, uh, MySpace as well, Chris. Going <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. the uh, the classic uh, networks. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, they're 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 vintage. It's, uh, they are. That's, that's a good word for them. Vintage. No, all, jo- all jokes aside, I'll, I'll check out Foursquare because I've never used it uh, personally, so I'm going to check it out. Um, next question is whose content do you consume the most right now? That could be somebody from Foursquare, could be a podcaster, a book author, anybody. Um, yeah, I think for, in terms of things that are more industry specific, I actually really love, um, the CB insights email newsletter. Um, okay. it's, uh, it's, it's got a really just, it's got a very fun tone and voice. Um, you know, they, uh, um, they usually send it out around know, like 6 PM every day on the weekdays. And, um, it's, it's just kind of like a, it, it always has really good content, which I think is really important. Like the content itself is good, but it's not, it breaks through from the noise because it's not, you know, it's not using the same kind of stuffy, buzzy language as a lot of other, um, you know, uh, I think content marketing does like, it's very, conversational it's a little bit silly and quirky and it's just um yeah i, I just really enjoy it and i think it's uh, something that um we definitely take a lot of uh, inspiration from because we try and i think have a have a somewhat similar approach um but yeah I, I really like the cb insights newsletter um in terms of podcasts um i I, I, to be honest, I haven't found a ton of industry specific podcasts that I necessarily, um, 
that I necessarily love, um, except, except yours, Kaya, obviously. Of course. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I really enjoy uh, Reply All. Um, it's it's uh, one of the Gimlet Media podcasts. They, honestly, the content okay. they put out just overall is, is really great. Reply All is my favorite. They have one without fail that I really like that um, talks to um, you know, entrepreneurs and, and um, artists and people from all, all different kinds of industries and um, specifically who have some uh, story from their background that is an example of them, you know, not necessarily being successful and, and, you know, failing for lack of a better word, but talking about how that, you know, influence and help shape um, the success they had moving forward and kind of like a bounce back story, which I, which I really like. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I, I, the Gimlet Media podcasts are, are pretty great. Cool. Very cool. I'm going to check out Reply All for sure. Um, okay. Final question is what's your one tip for content marketers today? Um, I would say, you know, kind of going back to referencing what I liked about the, the CB Insights podcast is just like, or sorry, the newsletter is just um, do things, you know, always try to do things differently. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like find this, blue ocean in terms of, um, you know, what that content is, you know, you can, it, it doesn't have to be finding what the next alternative is to a webinar or a podcast or a case study or whatever that is, even though if you can do that, then, you know, even more power to you. But, um, even for something that people you know, have done in the past, if you're going to do a podcast, if you're going to write case studies, just like uh, try and think of just how can you do it differently? Like how can, um, how can you have a unique perspective and voice or approach or whatever it ends up being that, um, will, you know, one, just mo most importantly, help you break out from all the noise because there's, you know, th even in our space alone, there's thousands and thousands of MarTech companies and every single one of them is, you know, following the similar content marketing playbook. And they all have a webinar or podcast or content series. So, you know, how legitimately, what are you going to do to stand out? And, um, you know, not, not being afraid to do that and being bold. Like, I think, um, it's a little bit cliche, but I think there's a lot of opportunity to do very simple things that kind of break the, you know, break the mold and break the rules because so few people do it. So I, you know, I think you can, um, you, it, it can be a very small thing that you take to try and make, uh, one of these things your own that will, you know, I think make it very easy to break out from the noise because we've had, I think, such a conservative approach to the industry in the past. And so I think it's like, you, you like to listen to content that you think offers a fresh or, or read content or however you end up taking it in. Um, that offers a fresh perspective that you feel like, you know, is, is uh, unique and fun and different. Um, and so I think always like do that own gut check for yourself, right? Like, would you, you know, even if you may not necessarily be the target buyer for whatever you're offering, um, would you enjoy reading the content that you're putting out? Like, and you know, is this something that would be attention grabbing? And then if it is, is what's in it, you know, of substance and are you going to enjoy the substance that's in there? Are you going to enjoy consuming it? Um, and if, if that's not the case, then, you know, what, what's even the point? Why are you putting it out? Right. So, um, yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's basic stuff, but, um, I, I don't think a lot of, I haven't seen a lot of examples of, 
necessarily maybe the fundamentals being followed. So yeah. you know, do something different and do your own, be your own audience and do kind of a gut check and mm-hmm. see, is this is something that I like? Cool. Yeah. That's, that's golden advice. I think, yeah, I think I really like that. Chris, it's been great having you on the show. I think, uh, or I hope you've had uh, a good time on the show as well. How can our listeners uh, get in touch with you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can, if there's anything that, you know, um, you know, as, as a listener, as you liked, uh, or interested in, want to follow up on or had any follow up questions, you can reach out to me directly. Uh, Chris, K R I S at bouncex, B O U N C E X.com. Um, I'm always happy to chat. My, my inbox is always open. Um, you can find some of the, the blog content that, uh, Kai was referencing on bouncex.com slash blog. Um, and, uh, some of the other work that we've done in the content section of our website at bouncex.com. But, um, but yeah, any, uh, I'm, I'm always happy to chat and talk shop. So definitely don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out. Brilliant. Chris, thanks again for coming on the show. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast. And I'll see you again next week.